You're listening to the weekly Joel Klatt segment podcast. Listen to it live every Wednesday between 8 and 8.30 a.m. during the football season. Presented exclusively by Audi Flatirons in Broomfield. Exceeding your experience from the first mile to the last. Time now for our weekly visit with Joel Klatt, lead college football analyst at Fox Sports, and also the brother of Jason Klatt, the head football coach at Mead, who I got a chance to meet the other night before a Green Mountain Mead game that, uh, unfortunately for me, Green Mountain rolled. But, uh, Joel, your brother is a cool guy. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. (laughs) That's basically how he talked about you, too. Oh man! I love it when brothers uh, talk listen, about brothers. Yeah, I, um, Jason is really, to be honest, like my one of my idols. Uh, he was he's six years older than I am, and so growing up, there's nothing I wanted to do more than be like him. And you know, I'm really proud of the what he's done at Mead. They've been really successful the last few years, and uh, yeah, he <laughs> he and I are like identical people we sound alike oh we you do alike. oh god yes yeah yeah and he opened his mouth i was like oh my god i'm talking to joel again this he's is kinda, just not this... quite as snarky though you know oh like, no he delivered a little bit of, he delivered a little bit of snark when talking about you which i really really appreciated and enjoyed and chuckled at uh all right let's get into it uh nate jackson sitting in so say hello to nate and um we we begin with melvin gordon all right quarterback how do you how would you feel about going out to play quarterback for the Denver Broncos with Melvin Gordon lined up behind you? Uh, you know, I, I think that there's there's other guys that I would feel more confident in. Not that they're that they're available, but you know that's that's tough. I think that trust is a big thing, and trust generally comes when you are consistent, and in particular at the running back position when you can gain plus yardage. Um, so if you're a plus runner. By that, I mean if the line blocks it for three, you gain five. If they block it for five, you gain eight. If they block it for eight, you take it to the house. You know, those are ways to gain the trust of your teammates and then being consistent as it relates to ball security. And and that's a big one. And everybody watches the film. Everybody understands why drives fail. Internally, everybody knows exactly why drives fail. And if you're constantly one of the people that you can point a finger at and say, hey, you know, you didn't do your job. You put the ball on the ground. You, you know, you wrong the, uh, ran the wrong route. You didn't do this in pass protection. Then everybody knows. And, and I'm not saying that that's specifically about Melvin Gordon, but it sure seems like there's uh, too many times when you look at Melvin Gordon and he's making mistakes. Joel, Russell Wilson wants to play another 10 to 12 years. He, he's very, been very vocal about that. But clearly the style of play that, that he's best at, we saw it um, the other day, kind of pulls him into the fire and puts him in peril. He's on the injury report. He's banged up. He said he's super confident he's going to play. But how does he square that dichotomy? The fact that the thing he's best at, making stuff happen with his legs and being the magician, is not going to end up being a dangerous style of play for him? Yeah, this is, you know, we talked a little bit about this. What was it, last week, um, Nate? Um, and And the problem is, is that, he, he didn't have to cut his teeth as a quarterback, and he hasn't played the way that Drew Brees had to cut his teeth and the way that he played throughout his career. So even going back to, to his Purdue days, Drew was a pocket guy. He had to understand and work on and learn how to manipulate the pocket as a shorter quarterback. 
how to be an anticipatory thrower, how to be accurate in those moments. I think it's very difficult for any player to change their style at this stage in their career. Uh, So having said that, I think that Russell has to do what Russell does. And and you're right. That does put him more in line with, uh, you know, peril, if you will. The difficult part from a coaching standpoint, and even from Russell's standpoint, is I'm sure that there is a desire for him to change that. But that's not the way that he has success. That's not what has gotten him to the point where you would trade for him and give him, you know, a quarter billion dollars. So it's this is a tough one, and this is this is one of those instances where you you look at it, and I think that you have to at least initially try to walk both sides of that line. You're getting better in the passing game. You're getting better in the in, in the controlled pocket passing game in particular. But then you also have to threaten the defense in ways that he traditionally threatens the defense, because um, because right now that offense is. Guys, they, they are not very good. That offense is not even close. What were they, 3 of 11 on third down, couldn't stay on the field. They didn't even snap the ball 50 times. You know, if you're exposing that defense, which I still think is a very good defense, and you're exposing that defense, you know, to 70, what was it, 5, 74, 75 snaps, and you're snapping the ball 48 times, that's not going to cut it. And, and part of that is the fact that I think that they're trying too hard at times to fit Russell into a box that he has not normally fit into during the course of his career. So, Joel, is this a Russell Wilson issue, or is it maybe that the talent around him just isn't that good? We've overrated it. Well, I think offensively we've seen some of these struggles for a long time, right? Um, And we've been frustrated with coordinators. We've been frustrated with quarterbacks. And... At some point, I think that you're right, Mike, that we've got to look at the rest of the recipe, and we we got to start thinking to ourselves, like, hey, the, the, the chicken pot pie is not very good, and all we keep doing is changing out the chicken. You know, maybe the crust ain't, ain't very good. Maybe the vegetables aren't very good. You know, I, and I don't think that the offensive line is a very good offensive line. I don't think that they have been for a long time. Um they have been inconsistent in the run game. I feel like they're okay to average in pass protection. And if you don't have an offensive line that can play in the top half of the league, you're going to really struggle finding any consistency. Nate knows that. You look at the best offenses out there in the league and the ones that are toughest to stop, they generally start with an offensive line that has some good cohesiveness and can play a consistent brand of football. It doesn't mean that they have to dominate all the time, but it means that they are just a consistent group, that they consistent put, consistently put quality tape out there, and I don't think that that's what Denver has done. And then when you couple that with the inconsistencies at the skill position players, whether it's via injury or play, I don't think anybody would argue that the skilled position players for Denver over the last few years have been anywhere close to top half of the league. I feel like we think that they have that potential. And besides Jay Will, who now is out with the knee, like I, I don't think that those players are on the roster. So you bring up a great point, and I think it's it's very 
astute, Mike, that we could be looking at this and we, we could be thinking to ourselves, boy, you know, this coordinator, this quarterback, and, and in reality, there's probably a lot of, of inconsistency and, and really poor play around him. Joel, when, when you're talking about a connection between a quarterback and a receiver, I played a receiver, and I always had strong connections with my quarterbacks in college and in high school. But that that was due to all the reps, all the games, all the practices, to the point where you're on the field, you know, you get a look from a quarterback, and you know exactly what you're going to be doing as a receiver. And, you know, specifically like a back shoulder throw. Um, Corlin Sutton, in the first half of the game against the Niners, wasn't on the same page with Russell Wilson. He ran a little go route. Russell Wilson threw it like a back shoulder, and Cortland Sutton was just on the go. Um, and, and it was an incomplete pass. In the second half, they actually completed one of those back shoulder throws. Is that a sign of, of, of that connection coming together? And how do you communicate that you're about to throw a back shoulder throw to a receiver? Well, I, you don't communicate it, number one. So let's start, let's start there. Um, the, in order to be a great quote, back shoulder throw team, your wide receiver has to always operate as if the ball is going down the field. So if your wide receiver tries to anticipate a back shoulder throw, it's not going to work. The only way that it works is that the wide receiver anticipates the down the field throw and continues to run his route as such. And then it's on the quarterback to throw it with the trajectory. So basically choose a trajectory that's throwing it right at the back of the helmet of the wide receiver. And once the ball is in the air, then the wide receiver has to adjust. If you go out there and you try to say like, okay, on timing, you're going to drop out and it's going to be a back shoulder. That does not work. It does not work. The wide receiver has to operate as if the ball is going down the field and the quarterback brings him back through adjustment only. Uh, So that's number one. And, and, to be honest with you, it's incredibly hard to practice, and it's incredibly hard uh, to get that type of cohesiveness unless you're doing it for a long time. Reps in this business is everything. Football is a reps business. And if you don't have them, then it's going to be tough to have any sort of consistency. Great answer. That's interesting. I, I think because we all see those back shoulder throws every Saturday and Sunday watching college football and pro football, and, and that that's interesting what goes into it. Visiting with Joel Klatt, presented by Audi Flatirons. I want to go back to Russell Wilson and how you get the most out of Russell Wilson as his career moves along as the Denver Bronco. I'm not, I root for Nathaniel Hackett to work out, but I'm certainly not tied to Nathaniel Hackett. I've gone through too many first time head coaches that didn't work out. And with the benefit of hindsight, we could see early on that it wasn't going to work out. And I'm intrigued by the idea that Sean Payton's out there right now. And if all this talk about Drew Brees and trying to evolve Russell Wilson into Drew Brees, boy, you got Sean Payton, a guy that you spent some time around watching how he worked with Drew Brees, watching how Drew Brees worked with him. Uh, Hey, if Sean Payton's going to be out there and it doesn't clearly click between Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson by the end of this season, I think you have to be open to the idea of, thanks, one year, that's enough. Let's go get Sean Payton. How do you, what do you think about well, that? I mean, I mean, it's interesting, and you can say, like, boy, that is a, a quick trigger. But, Mike, do you remember when I used to say this in terms of the draft with quarterbacks? I would say, like, hey, you've always got to have the close-your-eyes test. Do you remember this? Do you remember what I would talk I remember about the, the confetti test. test. I, I remember the confetti test. I don't know about the close-your-eyes yeah, test. same thing, same thing. Okay. The confetti test, close-your-eyes test. Basically, close your eyes. And, and can you imagine that player with his style of game having confetti rain down on him in a Super Bowl? Like, that's, 
that's what it is, right? And and do you really know it? No, but it's a gut feeling. It's a close your eyes test. Close close your eyes, everybody, unless you're driving. Unless you're driving. <laughs> close your eyes, everybody. Do you really picture Nathaniel Hackett with what he has done so far being the coach that's going to win a Super Bowl? Okay. Everyone's 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 had their own answer. Okay. Go ahead. Continue. My answer is no. I don't know what your answers are, but my answer is no. Mike, it seems like your answer is also no. Once you arrive at that conclusion, you have to change course. And, and again, like this, this is incredibly quick. Things can change. It is a sport that is constantly moving and evolving, and teams can get better. There's certainly a lot of that, and I understand that. From everybody that I've talked to, Nathaniel Hackett is a very good coach. But as a first-time head coach, he has made massive errors already in his first opportunity. His specialty and side of the ball is woefully underperforming. Not just underperforming, woefully underperforming. 12 total first downs against the Las Vegas Raiders. Like, what are we doing? This is not, a, like, a great team. This is, you're not out there facing the Rams' defense, and they get 12 first downs. It's woefully underperforming. So your point is well taken. If there is a guy that passes the confetti, close your eyes test, and he's available, I think that you have to at least kick the tires. That's what ownership's job is all about, is to try to give their organization the best chance to win a Super Bowl. Ownership's responsibility is not to make people feel good about themselves. It's not to give out loyalty contracts. It's to put their organization in the best position to win a Super Bowl, period. Denver fans, you and I both know that we all, in particular if we've been here for any length of time, know that that's exactly what Pat Bolden did. This is what made him such a great owner. In his time as an owner, they went to five Super Bowls, won two of them. Then they ended up going to a couple more You know, at the tail end of his tenure. Everything was about being at the very top end in the National Football League, and that meant making tough decisions about coaches even in the short term. Your thoughts on what's happening at CU? Oh, bro. Uh, <clears throat> I, will, I will tell you this. My, my heart breaks for CU. I don't think that you can get much lower than that, and there's a lot of things that need to change. I think that the timing of this, while unfortunate for the players in the program, because you never want to see a coach kind of leave, uh, in the middle of the season, the timing of this is going to allow uh, the University of Colorado and, and not just the athletic department, but the university as well to really circle the wagons and change some of the things that they need to change structurally and internally in order to allow the next coach to have success. You know, I'm calling on, on the chancellor, Phil DiStefano, to look closely at what is going on and how you can improve this program because this program, like it or not, all you academic folks out there this program like it or not is the front porch of the university you do not have to look far to realize that the head coach is the most important part of this program which is the identity of the institution good bad or indifferent it is the identity of the institution and that identity of the institution means financial health for the institution not just the athletic program let me give you a quick example Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban you could say yeah of course Joel well those two guys became head coaches at their schools when their programs were not what they are right now and what they are right now. In Alabama's case, 
Nick Saban, when he became head coach, they had an enrollment of somewhere in the low 20,000s. He has increased that via popularity and out-of-state applicants because of the brand and identity of Alabama football, where Alabama, the institution, has 13,000 more students now every year than when Nick Saban became the head coach back in 2007. So in that time period, those 13,000 students annually, if they pay an average, and this is on the low end, of somewhere between nineteen dollars to $20,000 a year in tuition, that means that the university, the institution itself, not just the athletic department, is gaining over a quarter billion dollars annually because of the popularity and the identity of the football program. You can tie it directly, very similar to Clemson. So this, this university, the one that I love, deep down in my heart and will always root for, they need to understand that committing to the football program is important and they need to remove some of those hurdles that are there, which I think that they will. And once that happens and we go through the process of actually finding somebody that can have an identity on the field and an identity that they can really count on on the field, then and only then will Colorado return to where we think and it should be, which is in some prominence in college football. I'm under no notion that they're going to go compete with Alabama and Ohio State on an annual basis, but this is not working, and the commitment needs to be there to get them back to a place where they can consistently try to compete to be a top 25 program. That's exactly where I think that they should be, and I think that that's exactly where they're going. All right. As always, Joel, bringing the heat. Joel, thank you very much. Love it. See you, boys. Thanks, Joel. Joel Clapp, presented by Audi Flatiron. Hello, this is Ryan Watson, Vice President and General Manager of Audi Flatirons and Audi Boulder Service. When was the last time a dealership delivered the experience you were looking for? Have you ever felt that buying a car was solely about making the sale? It should be about the relationship, beginning with your commitment to do business with us and continuing through the years to follow. Our team is dedicated to exceeding your expectations from the first mile to the last. Come see us in person or visit us online at AudiFlatirons.com or AudiBoulderService.com.